Isn't it awesome to serve a great God? Not just a mediocre God or like a halfway God, but he is an awesome, great, great God. So we want to go ahead and dismiss our core kids. You are dismissed to your classes this morning. Enjoy. As teachers have prepared, you're going to have an awesome time. And don't forget after, after service, don't forget to go pick up your kids. <laughs> Just saying. All right. The rest of us, if you would, uh, turn with me to the book of Mark. We have been uh, in a series, Jesus Impact, walking through the gospel of Mark. So if you would, turn to Mark chapter 10. We're going to begin reading in verse 46. And when you got it, say so. Wow, you guys are quick. I had to go old school, you know, because when you preach, you got to go old school. You got to have your actual Bible. I was looking for it yesterday. I usually use the Bible on my, uh, the Bible app, and I'm like, hey, you see my, you see my Bible? She's like, no. <laughs> I had to go searching for it. All right, starting in verse 46. It says, now they came to Jericho, and, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude... Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He's probably a little bit more desperate than that, but you know. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still. <laughs> that is amazing. I'm going to read that again. So Jesus stood still. Oh, man. And commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear God, for your word. We thank you, my Lord God, that it is you that breathe it out and into us, our, into our lives, dear God. And I just pray, dear God, that as we enter this, into this time, dear God, of looking at your word, I pray, my Lord God, that you would speak to our hearts. I pray, dear God, that you would turn the hearts of stone into hearts of flesh, my Lord God. I pray that your word would pierce our hearts, dear God. I pray, my Lord God, that we would be convicted and that we, dear God, would be empowered to change, my Lord God, those areas where you are calling us to change. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, you should have received a handout uh, with, some, uh, with the sermon notes on it. And uh, you might ask yourself, what are these notes for? I'm going to tell you. So these notes are because all of you are agents at your workplaces, at your schools, wherever you go. You are agents of change, okay? So sometimes you might look at your workplace and be like, man, this place is terrible. 
horrible place. But you're there. You're there to make a change. And so these sermon notes help you to remember what the sermon was about. And you go ahead and be able to share with others at your workplace, at your school, wherever you go. Unless you have the type of memory where it's photographic. And in which case, don't take the sermon notes. Just memorize everything. And then just share it with somebody else. See that? For those of us who do not have a photographic memory, uh, I encourage you to uh, request a little sermon note thing and follow along. All right. So we're going to start from the beginning. It's a pretty good place to start, right? <laughs> start with the introduction. It says, we are, we are all born like Bartimaeus, blind. Amen? Spiritually blind. Groping around trying to find our way around this big world. It is not until we have an encounter with Christ, the Savior, the one who came to open the eyes of the blind, that we truly begin to see. Amen? I don't know about you, but... Before I met Christ, I was trying to figure it out on my own. I was trying to plan my own things. And, you know, as they say, I was trying to do me. And uh, sometimes it, it was all right. A lot of the times it was not. Like the time that I, ta- I asked two girls out at the same time. <laughs> that was BC, remember. That's before Christ when I was blind, groping around trying to find my way. And... Um, I wouldn't recommend that. That was definitely not a good idea. At the moment we encounter Jesus, we are faced with a crisis of belief. Do we trust him and believe him at his word or not? Those that put their faith and trust in him are granted sight. Amen. I was blind and now I see. The next step becomes clear. Accompany Jesus on the road. And as we walk with Christ, we will have the privilege to invite others to have their eyes open. Bless you. Have their eyes open so that they too can see clearly. It's amazing to go ahead and I don't know if you ever led anybody to Christ, but it is an awesome, amazing experience. And what a privilege it is to see somebody's eyes open. It's like, man, it it kind of renews your faith too. You'd be like, man, I remember when I was blind. I remember when, you know, before Christ and it was terrible and now in him, Oh, man, what a blessing. He has secured my future. He is with me in the present. I can depend on him. He's always there. So, brings me to our first point. We need to be those that are attentive to the voice of the master as he calls us to reach those that are hurting. Now, I want to first take a look at Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus was sitting on the roadside. He wouldn't walk in nowhere. Somebody had led him to that place and he was sitting there begging because that's all he could do he was blind and so he couldn't he couldn't do anything else he was basically destined to just sit on the roadside and depend on others charity but it's crazy because then he heard that it was jesus of nazareth that was coming he's like oh wait here is my opportunity so he began to cry out Right? Son of David, have mercy on me. But then he encounters some resistance, some haters. And what did they tell him? They told him, shh, quiet. Shut your face. That's the new Aldo translation. 
But that's what they told him. They were like, shh, be quiet. But I love this guy. He was persistent. He was persistent. He said, you know what? He cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So I was, as I was reading that, I was reminded about this, uh, this parable that Jesus told in the book of uh, Luke chapter 18 about this woman. And then this woman was trying to seek justice from this, uh, well, he wasn't a righteous judge. He was, you know, one of those. And so she was persistent. She would come over and over and over and over again demanding justice. Persistent. Annoying. There's a fine line. But persistent. And the judge finally was like, you know what? What is it that you want? Whatever you want, I'm going to give you that. Why? Because you're so persistent. I don't want to see your face again anymore around here. It wasn't because he was righteous. It was because of the woman's persistence. Now, you know that God doesn't get annoyed with us, right? He wants us to be persistent. He wants us to cry out. And sometimes you got others just saying, why are you crying out? You're so annoying. <laughs> sometimes you go ahead and get in the prayer circle and you have somebody, a sister, brother, that continually prays for the same thing. And sometimes in our flesh, obviously, you're like, why? Again, using the elder translation, shut your face, please. You're annoying. But there's something to be said about persistence. So if you do have a petition before God, be persistent. Be persistent. Don't listen to the haters. Don't listen to the others that are trying to go ahead and stifle your cry. You cry out until you hear an answer. Don't be stubborn, okay? Don't, <laughs> don't be like Gideon and be like, okay, I hear the answer, but Lord, I, now I want you to go ahead and do this. But now, Lord, I need confirmation. And if, you know, if, if it's raining tomorrow, then it's great. If it's dry tomorrow, then I know for a fact, no, listen, if God has spoken to you, he's made it clear, move on. He's spoken. Amen? Amen. That ain't got nothing to do with the sermon. But anyway, back to, <laughs> back to the sermon. So when Christ heard Bartimaeus' cry, he stood still. Isn't that amazing? Christ stood still. Now, he had a whole multitude of people following him, and they're on the road. They're, they're going. They're, they're walking. And then he hears the guys cry, persistent, loud, people stifling. But he stands still. He hears this cry, this sincere cry, and he stands still. Isn't that amazing? So we, but we, we need to be those that listen to those that are crying out and listen to the master's voice when he tells us to go get them. It wasn't Jesus that went to go get Bartimaeus. He sent people to go get him and bring them to him. It's a nice little detail, right? God has called you to go. Has he not? He has empowered you, right? Now, the Bible tells us that he gave son to be apostle. I'm gonna get this right. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Nailed it. <laughs> For what? The equipping of the saints. For what? To do the work of the ministry. Who are the saints? Say, we are the saints. We are the saints. Very good. 
Very good. We are the saints. So we are the ones that have been equipped. We are the ones that are called to do the work of the ministry. It's not just me. It's not just Bishop. It's not just Pastor Chad. It's not just the leaders. It is you. Why? Because I can't go to your job. They won't let me in. I'm crazy. They're like, that guy, no, get him out of here. But you can't come to my job either because you ain't got no badge to get in. You don't work there unless you're an x-ray tech, in which case I am looking for x-ray techs. I'm, I'm, I'm hiring. <laughs> so if you do x-ray, come see me, please. But I can't go where you go. I can't go to your school. You can't come to one me. You could come to my school, but, you know, they won't let you in. You've been uniquely equipped. You've been called to be in that place that God has placed you. You know how amazing that is? In his sovereignty, in his plan, he's like, you know what? I'm going to send so-and-so to be here, to be the voice, to be the thermostat, not the thermometer. Let that sink in for a second. That's good stuff, right? What do I mean? Thermostat here at Core Faith. Bishop likes the thermostat between 71 and 72 degrees because he is part polar bear. That is why, in case you're wondering. No, but he, he, that's how he likes it, right? So what do we do? We set it to 72 or 73, depending on, you know, if y'all go ahead and feeling it. During worship, you know, moving around a lot. Spirit is moving. You're moving. But what does a thermometer do? A thermometer doesn't, doesn't set the atmosphere. A thermometer just tells what the temperature is, goes with the flow. No, you've been called to be the light where you are. You've been empowered. You've been gifted. You've been equipped. So when you look at your workplace or you look at your school and you look and you're like, man, this place stinks. What is going on here? The very next question should be, what am I doing to change it? What am I doing? Am I on my face before God? Am I crying out like Bartimaeus, persistently, consistently, sincerely crying out? Or am I just like, uh, wanna see that again? Uh. <laughs> just going with the flow. No. Don't be that Christian. Remember, Christ died for each and every one of us. Not so that we could be on the roadside, chilling. No. He's called you to make a difference where you are. He's empowered you. He's gifted you uniquely to be where you are. Amen? I hope that's encouraging. I don't know. I'm encouraged. I'm about to go and take this jacket. I'm getting hot. Bishop, is it at 71? Okay, good, because I'm hot up in here. It's the polar bear anointing, apparently. I don't know. It's, it's resident in here. I don't know. So crazy. Where am I at in my notes? <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. When Jesus, when, when people recognized that Jesus was calling Bartimaeus, their tune changed, right? All of a sudden, the haters are like, oh, hold on a second. Hold on. Jesus calling him. Be of good cheer. Rise. Like, man, what you just tell me to shut my face? Rise, they told him. He's calling you. It's crazy because sometimes, you know, people crying out and 
we're like, you know, shut your face. But then we realize that Christ has placed us there to hear that cry, to make a difference in that person's life. So we tell them, be of good cheer, rise. He's calling you. Mm, that's good, right? I know, good preaching today, holy cow. The Holy Spirit is on a roll. He's on a roll. My second point, we must be those that cast off all that hinders us. Say all. All that hinders us from coming to Jesus when he calls us. Verse 50, we see the cast off. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. I love that, casting off his garment. He rose and came to Jesus. When Bartimaeus got called up, he doesn't sit there and think about it. He's not like, who? Who called Jesus? Oh, hold on a second. Do I want to go? Should I go? Should I not go? Why not? Let's go. I'm not doing anything. No, he immediately gets up and he goes. Bartimaeus recognized who it was that was calling him. It was the Lord Jesus, the healer, the redeemer, the prince of peace. So he cast off his garment. Sometimes we want to hold on to what's comfortable, right? Sometimes God is calling us higher and he says, listen, we need to, we need to come up. You need to come up. I had a friend recently tell me that I needed to come up because apparently I was looking a little too filled in. And he said to me, he's like, you need to go to the gym. <laughs> I was like, that does not bear witness with my spirit. <laughs> I'm so spiritual. He's like, no, listen, you need to go to the gym. You hit the gym. And I'm like, okay, but listen, I don't have a gym membership. He's like, don't worry. I got the black card. So you can be my guest all the time. I was like, okay. Uh, well, I, to work out, I got to get up at 4.30 in the morning. If I, you know, if, to get to get to work out he's like all right i'm with you 4 30 in the morning i can only work out three days a week he's like that's a good start so captain oblivious didn't get the clue that i didn't want to work out Bro, I was trying not to hurt your feelings. I didn't want to work out. I didn't want to work out. I don't want to. Even though my pants were crying out that I need to. <laughs> so you don't know that it was cold like this past week, right? It was freezing. And my house was freezing. I just, I just got the AC replaced because it was really hot during the summertime. And now it's really cold now. And I don't know what's going on. But anyway, uh, so my beautiful wife. And all her wisdom, uh, one of the nights, she was like, baby, I'm going to hook you up with, with two thick blankets. I'm like, now my spirit bore witness with that. I was like, oh, yeah, girl, two blankets. So I was laying down in the midnight hour with my blankets covering me. And all of a sudden, suddenly, I heard the most annoying sound on the planet. It was my alarm <laughs> at four, like 4.15 in the morning. And I'm like, ¿Qué es eso? 
I even spoke Spanish there. I was like, ¿Qué es eso? What is going on? What is that? And again, I'm groping around in the dark, you know. What, what's going on? Was my alarm. It's calling me to wake up. For what? To go work out. Oh, no. I did not want to cast off any type of garments. I wanted to add garments on because it was calling me, but I was so comfortable and so warm and was so delicious. Don't pretend like you already know what I'm talking about. Come on now. You know when you're warm in the bed and you're like, oh, I don't want to get up. That's why sometimes you call in late. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Listen, I'm a boss. I know. And be like, oh, I'm going to be late today. You ain't sick. You slept in. I know it's cold this morning. You didn't want to get out of that bed. Don't lie to me. I didn't want to get up. I knew. I knew the alarm was calling me. And since my friend is so persistent, he was going to be calling me too. So I knew that if I didn't get up, man, I didn't cast off those garments. I didn't get out of my comfort zone. When are going to make it to work out? And believe me, my pants will testify. I need to work out. <laughs> I need it. I need it. Sometimes God asks us to go ahead and cast off what, what's comfortable in order to get us to that next level. Sometimes it's sin. You know, and, and that's kind of easy to point out and be like, okay, well, yeah, you know, you got to go ahead and leave those things behind. You know, you're supposed to go ahead and be, you know, progressing. You're supposed to be growing. You're supposed to be developing, you know. Um, but sometimes it's good things. You know, sometimes it's like, you know, I, my wife and I, we like to watch this show. Um, it's called When Calls the Heart. Well, I love that show. It made me cry all the time. Hallmark Channel movies, man. It's just, it's crazy. Ugh. But I said, we sit down, we go ahead and watch this show together, spend some time together and stuff. But what happens when God calls us and, you know, puts it in our heart, hey, maybe I need you to start a connect group. Oh, Lord, that's not, that's not comfortable. Mm-mm, I want to hit snooze on that. I want to go ahead and cover myself up again, and I just want to sleep. No, I want to, I'm comfortable, I'm good. But sometimes God calls us out of our comfort zone because he wants to do something amazing something miraculous in us, through us. We need to heed the voice of the master when he calls us and respond in faith and obedience and immediately get up, just like Bartimaeus did. Immediately he got up, cast off those garments and went to Jesus. We need to be those, amen? God help me. So sometimes... God intervenes in situations, right? Or he, um, he changes us inside to be able to deal with situations. The awesome thing about God is that when he calls us to do something, he doesn't call us to go alone, right? He is our ever-present help in our time of need. Now, you all know that I do x-ray, right? Yeah? Well, if you didn't know, now you know. So sometimes we go ahead and bring the patients down, and sometimes we go ahead and take our portable machine and we go up. Right? So sometimes we have, you know, uh, little patients, you know, skinny little 95 pound little lady, and we have a cassette that we have to shove under them. Uh, and with that type of lady, I could do that by myself all day. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid I'm gonna go ahead and lift this so hard that, you know, she's gonna fall out the bed. I gotta be careful, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm working out. <laughs> Sorry. 
Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> but what happens? Sometimes uh, I have patients with a different body habitus. Sometimes, you know, they're, they're a little bit bigger. I remember recently we had a patient, they were pushing like 600 pounds. Big patient, big patient. So um, I needed an ever-present help because I was in time, that was my time of need. I couldn't do it by myself. And it's crazy because when you get up to, because sometimes we don't know, we just have a name. It doesn't tell us, you know, the patient or anything like that. You get up to the room and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, no, I can't. And the push, patient couldn't help. They were intubated. They had all kinds of, like, machines and stuff going on. And I'm like, oh, it's like a mind feeling there. I'm like, I'm looking around. There ain't no nurses around. I'm like, man, can I get some help up in here? Trying to do this alone. So call my friend. Like, listen, I need you. Come up now so he comes up and i'm like oh thank you jesus how awesome it is that when we face impossible situations that we have somebody next to us that can help us out so we don't have to go through it alone and with us it's amazing i mean this is my friend he's you know he's, he's a pretty strong guy you know stronger than me so i'm like yes we can do this together but how awesome is it when we realize Hey, Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the maker of everything, the almighty one is next to us. So when he calls us to cast off those garments, we are not alone. We're not by ourselves. We have help. And not just him, but we have brothers and sisters in Christ, right? I mean, Christianity is not a solo sport. Thank God for that. Because there's a lot of work to be done. So we need one another. I need you. I need you. But guess what? You need me. You need me too. That's right. Third point. When God responds to our needs, it should produce in us a desire to follow him. Mm. The healing, verse 52. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately... He received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Christ recognizes Bartimaeus' faith and heals him, tells him to go his own way. But now that Bartimaeus received his sight, he could choose where he wanted to go, right? Before he was blind, he couldn't choose where he wanted to go. He had to have somebody lead him. Now, maybe he wanted to go left, but the person was like, no, I got to go right. Guess what happened to Bartimaeus? Bartimaeus had to go right. Why? Because he couldn't see. He was being led. But now that he had sight, now he actually had a choice. What was he going to do? He could choose where he wanted to go. No longer was he at the mercy of whoever was leading him, but now he was in control of where he went. Bartimaeus' gratitude and the impact Christ had on him is evident in the fact that he chose to accompany Christ on the road. What does that mean for us? What that means for us is that what is it, what is it that you, how is it that you're walking? So Christ is impacted. If, you, if you're saved, you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You said, you know, you repent of your sin. Say, I, I no longer want to be a part of that. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. You're the one that died on the cross for me. You paid my sin debt in full. And now I am yours. I am redeemed. So then what is the next step? What does that look like? 
Well, what it should look like is that it should motivate us to walk with him, right? We're to walk worthy of the calling with which we were called. But what does that look like? What does it look like in your life? So in Bartimaeus, when he received his healing, and when he had the choice, he's like, man, I'm going to follow Christ. He could have gone off and done something else. But he was impacted in such a way that he wanted to walk with Jesus. So the question is, are we impacted to that degree? If Christ didn't do anything else for you, right? Saved you, redeemed you, now your security is in him, you're going to heaven, everything, that's fantastic. So you're not going to get a new car, you're not going to get a new house, you're not going to get new clothes, you're not going to get this, you're not going to get that, you're not going to get the job, you're not going to get the raise, you're not... Are you still willing to follow him? Has he done enough for you to follow him on that road? That's a hard question. Because it should be enough. Truth be told, though, sometimes I'm like, uh, I don't want to go higher, Lord. I don't want to go deeper. This is enough. I'm at my full potential. <laughs> if it's anything that I've learned in the short time that I've walked with Christ, it's that he always calls you to do more than you could ever possibly do on your own. And that's so that your flesh does not glory. He gets all the glory. We're not for him, for his power, for his spirit working in and through us. We would not be able to do the things that he has called us to do. So, is it enough? What does your walk look like? Are you like Bartimaeus? Hey, I'm going to accompany Christ on the road. I don't know. That's a question for you. And I made the time late. Come on and stand to your feet. I got some more questions for you. If you're here and you say to yourself, man, I'm spiritually blind. I need sight. Christ is here to bring sight to you. If you've been walking around and you're like, man, I don't, I, I'm not walking with Jesus. I don't know Jesus. Jesus is here to meet you today. He died for your sin, for your trespasses, for your shortcomings. He died for you. Because if you are a sinner, you're a lawbreaker. The Bible is clear. The wages of sin is death. That's eternal death. That is eternal separation from God. But the free gift that he offers is salvation. He died in your place. And if you put your faith and trust in him today... He will save you. He will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Not just that, but he'll adopt you into his family. He'll make you a co-heir with Christ. No longer you have to fear death. You're going to be with him forever, ever, and ever. The next question is, are you too comfortable to heed the call of the master? Are you wrapped up in those blankets and you're like, mm, I know God is calling me to a new season in my life. I know God is calling me higher. I know that he's demanding more from me, but I am just too comfortable. I don't want to get up. I don't want to push through. Is he calling you to cast off those garments? 
Will you respond in faith and obedience today? And the last one is, if you've encountered Christ, are you walking with him? Maybe, the, maybe this morning you're like, you know what? I've kind of taken a break. I'm not walking with him. Today's the day. Today's the opportunity for you to reconcile with him and get back on the road. Remember, Christianity is a team sport. We need you, and you need us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this afternoon, dear God, just thanking you for this time that we've had in your word. I pray, my Lord God, for my brothers and sisters, dear God. I pray, my Lord God, that you would bring conviction to their hearts, dear God, and that conviction would turn to repentance, my Lord God, that they would once again walk with you, dear God, I pray, my Lord Jesus, that those areas where you have been calling them higher, I pray that they would respond in faith and obedience to you, dear God. I pray, my Lord God, that we would partake of your kingdom work, that when you invite us into your kingdom work, that we, dear Lord God, would be your obedient children, dear God, responding to what you have called us to do. The work is great but you are a great God and you have empowered us for such a time as this. Help us, dear God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Put your hands together for Jesus.